And it's amazing what God will do to spark um, that desire for him or that hunger for him or that just first encounter with him. It's, it's little things sometimes, not necessarily a big giant event. And um, so anyway, that's coming up. If you haven't grabbed your box um, that'll impact a child somewhere in this world, please grab one and get her, get her filled. Um, it's going to be a different year with COVID and all. There's a lot of restrictions they, they wanted to put on us and all, and, and I have a feeling that it'll be a lower number this year uh, because of that. Um, we're going to do our best so to overcome those obstacles this year. And so we're doing a packing party. So if you go out and fill a box, and you want to buy some extra toys and leave them in those plastic bins out front, um, we'll have a packing party and we'll try to make up the difference of whatever we're not going to get from other uh, churches or, or around, but we want to make sure our levels go up, though, for that purpose. So we want these kids to be ministered to. And so, um, anyway, that's coming up in November here, uh, the second or the last weekend, last week in November, I think. Oh, no, second. 16th through the, JC, do you remember? 16th through the, through the 23rd is what we'll be, we'll, we'll be receiving boxes from all the churches and all. So, anyway, that's coming up. Great uh, harvest party yesterday. If you're able to come, thank you. And able to help even more, it was uh, many hands made the work light. And uh, um, I was a little nervous about cleanup. And uh, and I was like, well, you know, people are leaving with their kids. You know, maybe we should start cleaning up now because we're going to be here all night long. And sure enough, Michelle was right. And she had told me, you know, don't worry about this. It's all going to be good. And I'm like, I don't think I believe. I don't have any faith. So <laughs> sure enough, it went just fast, fast, fast. And so... Thanks for all the all the help, all the ministry that was done that night or last night. It was just wonderful. Kids were blessed. We were able to bless our little harvest, you know, those little children, um, which is our next generation of believers and lovers of God and worshipers of God. And so uh, what a great night. Um, and so uh, next thing on the list, you know, those are things that have happened or, you know, going to happen in November here. But um, tonight, we're not going to have our normal prayer night that we normally have the first Sunday of every month. We have prayer uh, here at the church from 7 to 8. We're going to do it uh, tomorrow night, uh, pre-election, Monday night, 7 o'clock. We'll meet here and have a worship night with some song and some prayer and some scripture readings and so on. So if you don't join us for that, um, Toby Strade's going to be running that for us, and, um, and, and the worship team will be here and everything. So uh, join us for that tomorrow night at 7, if you can. All right, First Chronicles chapter 29. I've been excited about teaching this, and uh, I don't know how first service went. They're not here. Let's talk about them. Um, <laughs> I probably shared too much, you know, um, and, and, and maybe so, but I thought it went right along with the text. Um, David shares a lot about his personal giving to the Lord. And I shared a lot. I've never shared that much before about Jenny and I's and our family's personal giving to the Lord. It's always just been something you keep to yourself. It's private. It's an act of worship. But I saw David do it in his text, and then it spurred others on. That's why he did it, to let them know, look, this isn't an entrepreneurship, and neither is Calvary Chapel. Um, this is a labor of love. There's, there's, uh, not a lot of gain, you know, uh, for our family. We do it because we love Jesus and because we worship him. And we're glad that there are like-minded people that come alongside and want to help and minister and, and love Jesus the same way and to worship. And so um, anyway, we'll see how this goes. Don't let it hit you like a lead balloon, please. Um, if it comes out, I, I probably won't say as much as I did. Um, it, it wasn't meant for that. And I, I just, this is a beautiful chapter of Israel at the peak 
They're at the pinnacle of their national life. They are madly in love with their Lord, we think, pretty much. David has overcome so much, started off great, had a lot of problems, but is at the end of his life, dying at a good old age is how we end off. And, 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 and they're rejoicing through this whole chapter for what God has done, brought them through, taken them to, and they're rejoicing. And that's the point of the message, not about giving necessarily, but I don't want to I don't want to spiritualize the text, which we can do sometimes. We can read it and say, well, I don't want to talk about monetary giving because that makes everybody uncomfortable in the room. Well, sorry. That's what it's talking about. And so we don't ever want to skip over tough subjects, whether that's, well, there's a lot of tough subjects in the Bible that we don't skip over. Um, We want to go through them. And so I hope it's not tough. It shouldn't be. They're rejoicing, and the fruit of the relationship they have with God causes them to rejoice and to worship even in their giving, okay? And so that's why. If you're visiting and you're like, oh, great, we hit Giving Sunday. No, that's not how it is. We hit stuff. When the Bible talks about it, we talk about it. When it doesn't talk about it, we don't talk about it, you know? Um, I get chewed out either way. Makes no difference. How come you don't talk about giving more? You need to remind the people they need to give. Well, we don't do that. When When Jesus wants to talk about it, we talk about it. You talk about giving too much. I don't like to hear that stuff. But, well, yeah, yeah. We'll try to offend everybody. Everybody, that's equal opportunity offenses. And so, um, and it's fair, you know. We're all, you know, upset. So, I'm kidding. Verse 1. Shall we get into the, you know, okay, it's a long introduction. Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly. So, everybody's gathered together. They're all rejoicing. Um, He's been talking about the building of the temple, getting all the stuff together for his son. He grabs the assembly and says, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Starts off right away with, and he said this before, my son is inexperienced, and he's, well, he's, he's just young. He doesn't know this stuff. And so David, of course, has made it as easy as possible for for his son Solomon to handle the next task, the next phase of Israel and their worship of God with this temple. But he wants the people to know that too. Don't expect that much from him. I mean, expect leadership. Expect, I've trained him up in the ways that he should go. Um, I've done all those things, and I'm going to, we're going to, God has picked him. I didn't pick him. God picked him. This isn't nepotism. This is just whom God chose. Um, Support him, you know? is basically what David's trying to say. Don't be those grumblers. That, well, you know, Sam, Solomon, you know. Eh, Solomon's going to have problems. We'll read about it later on. He's going to be one of those kids, you know. Um, but that's not David's fault. That's not the people's fault. It, it's completely Solomon's responsibility. But David wants him to know, look, he's young, he's inexperienced, and God's picked him. Um, this is a great work he's about to undertake. It, it, it isn't like just that or this or the other it's a great work because it's for a great God. And that's very important, I think. Anytime we serve God, it's a great work because he's a great God. Um, at the end of the harvest party, we've got uh, you know, taped down little pieces of uh, construction paper that JC used for a, kind of a, well, I don't know what it was called, a musical chairs kind of dance thing um, that we did. And, and it was great. It was fun. Um, and at the end, oh, we got to pull it all off. And so I see one adult get down and start pulling. And I see their kid get down and pull one. And so I hop down and pull one and some other adults. And pretty soon everybody's pulling. And we're all comparing how big a strips we got off and everything like that. That was a great work of God. 
And you had to, you got an opportunity to tell the kids that. That's a great work of God that you're doing here. You're serving God. Isn't God fun? Isn't this great to serve God? Isn't it fun? It is. Look how big mine is. Yeah, that's a great big piece. Mine are coming off in little tiny pieces. I hate, you know, it was just a fun time. Dumb moment, right? Just some construction paper and some duct tape. It's a great work of God. Standing in front of Jacob's ladder. Was that, uh, oh, um, King did that. <laughs> Poor, poor king. He's, he's sitting there and he's watching it and five o'clock rolls around. And there's no replacement for him, you know, to come. He's kind of standing there. I said, you need a replacement? He goes, I'm standing here as long as I need to stand here. I'm like, all right, you know, you're going to be here a while. Bye. <laughs> Nobody's coming. Um, and the people were doing that and they'd stay long. And I'd say, you know what? I think it's okay. Why don't you walk away from this? Okay. And they walked away, but you'd find him serving someplace else. You guys are great people. You're doing a great work for God. And I just want to start off with that. It's just so appreciate your hearts, um, all the prep that goes into that kind of thing, all the work afterwards, all the setup beforehand. I mean, it's just, it's, it's a lot. But when there's 30 or 40 people or more than that, I didn't even count, all doing it, oh, man, it's a great work of God. And so he tells them that. He's not going to do this by himself. This is a great work of God. Now, verse 2. I will go faster, I promise. The, for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might. David's like, I, I've, I mean, he's all in on this. I'm doing as much as I can do without actually doing it. Gold for the things made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onyx stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. I've been doing that. We've been collecting that from the group, okay, from the nation. And he's switching gears now. He's talking about something else. That's what we've been talking about over the past few weeks, isn't it? Gathering and, at, you, know, uh, you know, whatever the, the tithe was or whatever offerings were offered. And so he's going a step further now to talk about his personal treasure, he calls it, that he's investing in this temple, okay? And so as I say that, even now, this isn't giving Sunday, but everything you see here is because of people investing their great personal treasure. It is. We don't have chairs without people investing their great drum sets, windows, lights, electricity. Uh, now online, that we're able to do online stuff like that. that none of that stuff's cheap. None of that, it just it comes, and it's all from us, you know? As we all come together and we do this great work of God. And David's trying to show them, let's do more than that. Let's go beyond that. And he talks about his personal treasure so that they know, I'm not just an administrator over your stuff. I'm personally invested in this. is a labor of love for me. He said, and that's exactly what he says. Moreover, because I have set my affection, I have set my affection on the house of my God. I have given to the house of my God over and above all all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. And then he describes that special treasure. Now, the Bible tells us we're not supposed to do that in public. We're not supposed to talk about these things in public. But somehow or another, this is okay because it spurs others on to good works. And so that's why I said what I said for first service, and I talked about that. Jenny and I and our family, we've always set this up, that we're going to live at a certain standard. We don't have to live at that certain standard. But we do. We live right here, where it is, where, we, where we've decided. All three of our girls share a bedroom. Both boys share a bedroom. 
you know, it's, that's just how we've done it. We live in a, in a house that we live in. I'm not saying we couldn't have picked lower. We could have probably, but we just set that standard right away. From our very beginning of our marriage, we've done that. This is where we're going to be, and we're going to give this much, and we're going to tithe this much, and we're going to make sure that we go way above the tithe, the tenth. That's law. That's the beginning. That's not the end. That's not the goal. Ten percent's minimum. That's the bare, you know, bones. It's above and beyond that, and, and we've always done that. We've always made sure. And, I, and I, that's as far as I want to go for this service because I, I, I think it went too far maybe for first service. But, um, yeah, it's just too many details, I guess. But please know that this is not a business. This is not an entrepreneurship. Calvary Chapel is not, you know, our thing where we're gaining from you. Um, we're not. That's a simple fact, and it's documented, okay? Um, we give a lot. And whenever there's a lack, there isn't a lack. You know, it's always that way. Always, always, always. Um, we make sure that this place continues to go. It's a labor of love. We have set our affection on this place, you know. Um, and that's why I can say this with a smile on my face, because it's going to be fine either way, you know. Um, whether this goes over like a lead balloon or not, it makes no difference. You know what, we're going to have church next Sunday. And we're going to have church next Wednesday. And we're going to keep, keep ministering and serving regardless of, of whatever. But I hope that we can see and enjoy the beauty of David's statements that he's here making. As he tries to, as everybody's excited, everybody's on the same page. He's saying, moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house. My own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold of his own a gold of Ophir, the 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay um, the walls of the houses, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, for all the kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Did you ever think you'd read that in the Bible? Do you know what you just read? You read what you see sometimes maybe perverted on TV where they say, can I get anybody here to raise their hand for a 5,000 consecration unto the Lord? How about a 10,000? Has anybody done it too? Almost like an auctioneer kind of thing. And you look at that and you all cringe. You're like, oh, wow, why do they have to do that? That's so painful to watch, you know? But let me read that again to you. Here's what I've given personally. Who then is willing to consecrate him Self this day to the Lord. Who's going to join me in this? And he's not ashamed to say it, and he's not embarrassed. And here's why. Because his heart is right on the matter. I want you to enjoy what I'm enjoying. Giving is an act of worship, and it is a beautiful act of worship. And it's no, I don't think it's an accident that this is at the end of all the things that Israel has gone through walking by faith, learning to walk by faith, learning about God, all these things. At the very end, it's the last thing to fall is the ability to be generous. I don't know what it is. We have a hard time. David says this, not because he's trying to reach a goal or because he's got the red thermometer and he's marking off numbers, you know. Come on, guys, we're almost to the goal, you know. I've resisted that. <laughs> 
But David's like, I want you guys to join me in this. He is rejoicing with what God has done. At the end of his life, as he's old, he's like, I ain't taking him with me. There ain't no U-Hauls in the back of my hearse. You know, I'm leaving it. And I'm giving it to the Lord because I love my God. I love him. And I want him worshiped. It's just beautiful. I've got a cross-reference. Let me get to it here. I didn't pull my notes up, but it won't take long. It says... uh, And this is what David's doing. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's what he's doing. Another, like King James Version, I said, provoke one another to good works. And I like that better. Because I remember in the Marine Corps, uh, there's my obligatory Marine Corps reference. Um, Yeah, uh, my, my roommate and I would provoke one another, you know, to good works in the Lord. Um, um, he was way ahead of me, obviously, on the game, but it was, it was like I'd get a poke from him. I did that. Oh, yeah? Well, I did this, and we provoke one another. It was, little, it, was, it was just good, healthy, iron-sharpening, iron kind of moments, you know, that we'd have. He's a good brother and still is a good brother in the Lord. Um, but that's what David's doing. He says, I just want you to know what I've done. It's up to you what you do. Anybody want to join me in consecrating? And They do. Verse 6, then the, then the leaders of their father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, with the officer over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 um, derricks of gold, um, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of silver, uh, sorry, 18,000 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. That's a lot of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the hand of uh, uh, Jehiel, I think, Jehiel, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David also rejoiced greatly. That's the point. David knew they'd be totally blessed if they joined him in this, but he, all you can do is ask. All you can do is offer, you know, Hey, here's what I did. Anybody want to consecrate with me? Yeah, man, I'm going to consecrate. And they're all rejoicing together. It's this beautiful thing that God's doing. You know, we're all a part of it. We're all, it's just amazing time. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it, it's Hebrews is what I want. No, I did that one already. Okay. We have, I have plans. <laughs> I've talked about my plans a lot, but it's becoming more and more real. We've been able to sock away a lot. We have been able to, a good down payment anyway. And we want to add on 100 feet to this building right here. This is what we're, and the reason I'm telling you this is because that's what David had done. All these chapters before, he'd given him vision. Here's what we're going to do for the temple. Here's what it's going to look like. Here's how we're going to lay these things out. And, uh, and we really need, we're going to have an architect draw it up so you guys can see what we want to do. Uh, we want to make the sheep fold better for the sheep. You know, more fellowship, um, um, more seating space for whatever, you know, more storage. We're going to take half this room and use it for storage and then add on 100 feet that way. And so we begin getting estimates for that. Um, and off that 100 foot, we'll have a deck that goes clear out over the over the ditch over here so that parents can hang out and, and fellowship and see their kids all playing. It's all by, you know, all by design. You can still watch your kids playing. You still hang up over here and talk and mingle or do whatever. Um, we'd love to do an overhang over here that sticks off for people to come out of the rain, the older folks and stuff, be able to walk in, 
put in double doors, you know, that blast of cold air when, it, when you open them up and it blows all the flyers and everything off the table and everything. Practical stuff. Um, we want to do that. And um, when we do that addition, then we're going to do what we need to do, which we're going to do regardless of whether we build that or not. We've got to get a new roof on this place. It's leaking like a sieve. Uh, we've caulked all the holes a million times. We've run new screws and all. You know, if you go out there, maybe you never notice. Stand out in the parking lot, look up, and there's like a, a bazillion screws going right through the sheet metal into the wood. And eventually, those things don't seal anymore, and there's just water going in all those holes into the wood, and it's gonna. So we gotta, we gotta pr- replace it. And you don't care maybe about it, but we had to get Jason Brown to give us an estimate for that, just for the roof, um, and for the new addition and the new. It's a hundred thousand for the roof. All right. You know, it's only money, right? Well, we have that. That's how much we have socked away. So we can do the roof regardless of what happens next, for sure. That can happen. Um, it needs to happen. And what they have to do, because our trusses are, the, the reason we have drop ceilings and not sheetrock is because the trusses we bought, because they're scissor trusses, can't support the weight of sheetrock, nor can they support the weight of sheathing on the top. So we've got to get architectural structure panels that they lay on top that overlay with no screw holes or anything. And that's what they're going to run. And so now, you know, more details than you ever wanted to know about construction, right? Uh, but you can see, we put some thought into this. Uh, David Spencer did, gave us an estimate for the basement of the addition. It's going to be about 50 to 60,000 for the concrete alone. Um, we decided to pour a concrete slab as opposed to put wood from concrete to wood. We're going to go ahead and put the corrugated steel on top and pour concrete over that so it's a sound barrier and it's solid and it's absolutely level with this floor here so it's seamless. You don't have that dumb step. You know, you ever see churches that try to cover it with carpet and you're like, oh, what was that? You know, kind of thing. Because <laughs> we're just not good designers, you know. It's like, well, we didn't think about that quarter-inch drop, you know, and tried to float it out and it didn't work. So we're going to do that. And so we have a basement with showers and bathrooms because when we have camp, it's nice to have showers, you know, if we do that here or something. Um, Different things like that, you know, just some thoughts and ideas. We we thought about, we got estimates for the, <laughs> I laugh, we got estimates for paving the parking lot. <laughs> it's like 150000 bare minimum to 250000 That's our That's our range for doing that. And that's why you have gravel out here, my friends. <laughs> it's like, no way. I mean, you just, you can't do it. Um, it gives you a greater appreciation, though, for the churches that have been able to do stuff like that. That when you drive by, you don't think about those things. I'm parking on striped concrete with drains and, and all the infrastructure underneath to get the water removed, all the rain. You don't think about all the excavating and all the digging and all the, oh, my goodness. It's amazing. So now you have a vision, right? That's what we'd love to do whenever God wants to do it. We're definitely getting a new roof, though. So, you know, that's exciting. Um, but we'd love to do more, you know. Um, so we're going to take all your personal treasure when you leave today. No, no. <laughs> you can have it. It's like three bucks. Have it, but <laughs> I'm with you. I know. And I'm trying to keep this fun because it's it's it isn't about that. It's about these guys are just oh, we want to worship God and this is what we want to do and and that's all this is about. We don't. I mean, whatever. We get it, we don't, makes no difference. We're still using the same stage, just so you know. This stage came from where Hibbit Sports is. It was an aerobic studio that we rented for a while. Did you even know we were there at one point? And we took the stage with us when we moved. This is not attached, it's coming with us. We've been paying triple net lease for years. We're taking the stage, and so this is good old aerobic stage right here still. 
We're going to replace that, you know? Things break down and fall apart. Anyway, they offered willingly. And after they offered willingly, verse 9, we've already read it, then the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly. And that's always how it has to be. You cannot offer if you feel like this morning, this is like a, there's no pass in the plate. Don't put any, I don't, whatever you do, whatever you do. It's got to be because you just feel that burning in your heart to do it because you want to do it, you know? Not because we've got a thermometer, you know, and we got to reach the mark or there's some kind of plaque you're going to get or some kind of brass plate that's going to be put on. No, it's just because you love God and because you can. Some people can't. It's never about that. It's, it's David saying, this is my personal treasure. You offer your personal treasure, whatever you can do. And the people rejoiced, for they had offered willingly, because with a loyal heart they had offered willingly to the Lord. And King David rejoiced also. He's like, this is great. And they're just praising the Lord. So he writes a song. Therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly. And David said, blessed are you, Lord God of Israel, our Father forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness the power and the glory, the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you and you reign over all. In your hand is power and might. In your hand, uh, it is to make great and to give strength to all. He begins to praise God that just to make sure there was no pride involved, you know, you know, because this is one of those open giving moments right here where people saw, and he just wants in this song, I think, to make sure everybody knows everything we have is from you, God. And whatever we're putting in the box or whatever we're putting in the plate or whatever we're dropping in the, the temple thing, whatever they're using to collect, it was all yours anyway. We're just giving back what you had given to us. And he continues to describe that. He says, now, therefore, O God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people? that we should be able to offer so willing as this. For all things come from you, and of your own we have given you. We're just stewards, he says. Whatever you gave us, we're just stewards of what we do with it. It was never ours. We never owned it. It's always been on loan. And he knows that, and he, he acknowledges that. He says, for we are aliens and pilgrims before you, as were all our fathers. Our days on the earth are as shadow, without hope. I got to take it with. Remember the parable of the guy that says, I think I want to build a bigger barn to hold all my stuff. And then he, he didn't even know that he was, his life was required of him that night. Oh, man, there's no hope here. You're not taking it with you, you know. Um, David knew that. They all got it. They're all just worshiping the Lord. In Matthew uh, 6, verse 19 through 21, Jesus relays that same message. I mean, this is an old, te- this Chronicles 29 is an Old Testament teaching on New Testament giving. It's just, God has never changed. He's always the same. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, whether where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And he tries to remind them of that. Don't be entangled with the things of this world too much. Remember, these are tools. Money's, money's a tool. You use it. You use it to bring God glory. You use it to supply your own needs that you may have. That's how he provides for you to make sure you eat and are clothed and so on. Uh, but remember, just keep a, keep a good, healthy understanding of that. Verse 16. O Lord, our God, all this abundance that we have prepared to build you a house for your holy name is from your hand and is all your own. 
I know also, my God, that you test the heart and have pleasure in uprightness. As for me, uh, in the the uprightness of my heart, I have willingly offered all these things. And now with joy, I have seen your people who are present here to offer willingly to you. That's his prayer. Thanksgiving to God that we're all on the same page here. And what a beautiful time this is. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our fathers, keep this forever in the intent of the thoughts of the heart of your people and fix their heart towards you. May this never leave our fellowship, he says, our nation, that we'd always feel this way, you know? And I, and I pray the same, the, 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 the grace and the, and the service that was done. Just one event was last night. It happens all the time here, but um, I pray that it's always the case. That there's always just this service to God, this beautiful service to God, and that we would never, ever change that beautiful, gracious heart that we have as a fellowship. Because otherwise, what's the point? I mean, you know, why we ought to close the doors at that point. I think that that's what David's heart is. It's like, man, it, it, this is all we need to do. As a nation, we were chosen to worship you out of all the peoples of the earth. I pray that we never stop worshiping you. That makes sense. Otherwise, what's the point of being a nation that's chosen to worship you if we're not doing what we're chosen to do? And the same for a fellowship, that we'd always be that kind of people. Your commandments, that we'd always seek after your commandments. um, And give my son Solomon a a loyal heart to keep your commandments and your testimonies and your statutes, to do all these things and to build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to all the assembly, now bless the Lord your God. So all the assembly blessed the Lord God of their fathers and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the king. They all got down and worshiped, you know, um, in a humble way. No one's standing there saying, did you see my check? You know, you see how big my personal treasures were? No, nope, we're all on our face in the dirt going, God, you're too good. And they made sacrifices to the Lord and offered burnt offerings to the Lord on the next day. A thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs, and their drink offerings and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. This is way beyond the requirement, you know? This is what happens when, a per- when, when you're full of joy, when you're full of the love of God, when you're, when you're past religion, when you're past ceremony, and you have that relation. You can see the nation of Israel at this point has a true relationship with God. It's beautiful. And they're just pouring it out. And it, you know, it doesn't last, but let's enjoy the moment, you know, while we're here. They do this beautiful sacrifice the next day, which is above and beyond. So they ate and drank before the Lord, because that's, that's what would happen. Remember the, the fellowship offerings? If you remember when we went through the offerings, part of it was, well, most of it was kept for the people. You could roast it and do whatever, and you could eat it. And it was a, it was a fellowship offering. You'd give some to the Lord, the fat to the Lord, and then you'd eat and it's a, like a barbecue with God, and this is like a nationwide one. So they ate and drank before the Lord with great gladness on that day. And they made Solomon, the son of David, king the second time, and anointed him before the Lord to be the leader, and Zadok to be priest. Then Solomon sat on the throne of uh, the Lord as king, as, as, as king instead of David, his father, and prospered, and all Israel obeyed him. All the leaders and the mighty men And also all the sons of King David submitted themselves to King Solomon. So the Lord exalted Solomon exceedingly in the sight of all Israel and bestowed on him such royal majesty as has not been on any king before him in Israel. I've never seen a time like this. 
And it just shows you when, when we get out of the way and just jump into to the Lord with obedience, it's, it's, you had no idea it could be like this, you know? And that's what David starts this chapter. I understand the collecting and all that. He says, but I went a step further. I'm, done. I'm showing you what I did. And I want you to do this. Consecrate yourself with me. And they did, and it just exploded. It's a beautiful thing, you know? David is thoroughly enjoying it, and so are that. He's writing songs and praying, and his son's sitting there, and oh, it's just a, a wonderful time. Thus David, the son of Jesse, reigned over all Israel. And the period that he reigned over Israel was 40 years. Seven years he reigned in Hebron, and 33 years he reigned in Jerusalem. So he died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor. And Solomon, his son, reigned in his place. Now the acts of King David, first and last, indeed, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet, in the book of Gad the seer, with all his reign and his might, and the events that happened to him, to Israel, and to all the kingdoms of the land. You know, it's all been documented. We've all written it down. I, I love how that closes off, because we know David's life, and they know David's life. The people that are involved in this chapter all know where, about Bathsheba. They all know about Uriah. They all know about the things that he did that he shouldn't have done. Um, they all know those sins of David, and yet this is how it ends up. There's a lot of grace. There's a lot of mercy. There's a lot of forgiveness. And uh, it ends up in this beautiful place. And so I want to close here with Acts, and this is the last verse, 13.22. And it describes David. David with all of his character flaws, David with all of his problems, David with his successes too, but just the man David. And when he, God, had removed him, Saul, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. A man after his own heart. That's how God, the creator of the universe, describes this man. He's a man after my own heart. What a great end for David. What a beautiful end to Chronicles here. Um, they're, at the, they're at the top. And uh, what a beautiful place it is when everybody's in obedience and of like mind and of, have the same heart. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the beauty of it and this wonderful chapter of grace and mercy and peace and, and, uh, and, and how the nation just flourishes under a leader who loves you, a repentant leader, a forgiven leader, um, and the people are willing to also forgive and to understand where they were led and, and that they're coming back from that. And um, what, a, what a beautiful moment here. So we thank you for documenting this and showing us this. And we know these things are written for our admonition. Um, I pray that we consecrate ourselves, whether that's in peeling tape off the floor or whatever it is that we have to offer you, God, that we do it wholeheartedly, serving you, loving you, teaching our kids how to serve and to love you, being examples to our spouses in serving and loving, um, being your hands and feet no matter where we are. It's, that's our heart. Um, so we thank you for where we are. We thank you for where David and the nation of Israel is, and we pray that you'd keep us all right here, right in the sweet spot, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.